from uh, the book of Acts, chapter 5, reading from verses 17 to the end of the chapter. It's on page 1097 of the church Bibles, which you should find by your seats and should be on the screen behind. Acts chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and they put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak they entered the temple courts, as they'd been told, and they began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and they sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported, We find the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we find no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts, teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Having brought the apostles, they made them, made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious, and they wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honoured by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, Consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be Sunday, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all his followers were scattered. 
Therefore, in the present case I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading tonight can be found on page 1217. It's 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 12. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Chris, come up and uh, let's just pray for you before you start. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for Brother Chris. Lord, thank you that you've given him... uh, You've given him your word that he wants to share with us tonight. Lord, open our ears and our hearts to hear. Help us to be focused on what you're saying through him and bring us closer to you this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Your word which sets us free, gives us life. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would um, enable us to encounter you now through your word. Spirit, fall. In Jesus' name, amen. How do we deal with troubled times in our lives? What can we learn from the apostles as they face persecution? In our reading from Acts, the apostles undergo a second wave of persecution. Verse 18, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. And later in verse 40, they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Although we may not be imprisoned or flogged here in South Sea, we certainly go through troubled times. We suffer. How do we deal with it? What can we learn from the apostles in today's reading? Number one, we are obedient to God in all circumstances. I'm blessed with wonderful bosses in my current place of work. They're just so good to work for. It's a real blessing. I would do anything for them happily. At no point have I thought, I'm not doing that. I've not even come close to that. I'm obedient. It's easy to be obedient when things are going well, isn't it? What about when things aren't going so well? The apostles are in a difficult situation. Yet I never get the sense that they're thinking, oh, I'm not doing that. No, the apostles are obedient to God in all circumstances. Even in the midst of severe persecution, they are obedient. Verses 19 to 21. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors and the jails and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Having been ordered not to teach in the name of Jesus, in verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. The apostles showed great courage in going straight back to the temple. They would not be intimidated. They would not bow down to threats. They would not cower in fear of what man could do to them. Despite being arrested and put in jail for teaching in the name of Jesus, they went straight back. So why did they go back? They went back because they knew that their primary responsibility was to obey God. They simply obeyed. So what is the secret of obeying God? What is it? Our love for him. Because I love my wife, Abby, I listen to her and I respond to her. My wife has this water bottle. She carries it around with her in the cold winter months, almost constantly. And she likes me to fill it up with her, for her. Um, sometimes, late at night, she drops it over the top of the banister and she says, you know you love me. 
Meaning, please, would you fill up the hot water bottle? Well, I have to confess, there are times in front of the telly when I'm thinking, well, you know, the TV's good and it's warm here. But I always get up, boil the kettle, fill the hot water bottle, and bring it up to her. Why? Because I love her. And recently, I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom with my wife, about half past ten at night, and my little daughter Kate came in, and she bypassed me and went straight to my wife and looked her squarely in the eyes and said, when is Daddy going to bring me my hot water bottle? <laughs> yes, she has one, and yes, I forgot. Now, I was tired, I really was, I was. But I went downstairs, bought the kettle, filled it up, bought it upstairs, and gave it to her. Why? Because I love her. I do. When we love someone, we'll do anything for them. When we don't love someone, we'll do it begrudgingly. We obey God because we love him. As Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Fall in love afresh from tonight and you'll obey him. What is the outcome of loving obedience? Blessings beyond measure. Learning to be obedient to God enables his promises to be fulfilled in our lives. Being obedient unlocks the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we're obedient, when we're walking with him, he transforms us. So how do we deal with troubled times in our lives? Well, one, we're obedient to God in all circumstances. And two, we trust God wholeheartedly. Jim Elliot was murdered by the Orca Indians whilst trying to share the gospel with them. His wife returned to that tribe a short time afterwards, even though they were well known for being extremely violent to outsiders. She went back. She went back to the tribe that had killed her husband, taking her small daughter with her. She stayed with that tribe for two years, demonstrating remarkable forgiveness, so much so that many of the Indians became Christians. When she was challenged about going back, Elizabeth said, Obedience is my responsibility. The consequences are God's. Despite the persecution they were facing, the apostles obeyed God and left the consequences to him. Even after so many arrests, imprisonments, rejections, nothing dampened their spirits. They would not give up. They did not doubt God. They trusted God. Faith is trusting God wholeheartedly. It's trusting God even when the circumstances don't make any sense to us. They knew that God was with them. 
Notice what Peter says in verse 32. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. They were not witnessing alone. The Holy Spirit was with them. The Holy Spirit is our helper and our partner. He is with us when we step out for God. When we obey God, we can expect him to do his part. He is committed to helping us constantly. He sustains us. In times of trouble, we are not alone. God is with us. God is for us. God is in us by his Holy Spirit. He cares passionately about what's happening in our lives right now. How do we deal with troubled times in our lives? Number one, we are obedient to God in all circumstances. Number two, we trust God wholeheartedly. And number three, we keep in mind our hope for the future. Amazingly, the apostles rejoice in their sufferings. Verse 41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name of Jesus. After a night in prison and a flogging, they moved forward with joy. What were the apostles doing? The apostles were doing what Jesus had told them to do. In the Sermon on the Mount, namely rejoicing in persecution. Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. The apostles were filled with joy, looking beyond their present trials and circumstances, looking forward, sensing the presence of Jesus, looking forward to that prospect of happiness in heaven with Jesus. The apostles were able to rejoice because they're seeing life from an eternal perspective. And this is echoed in our reading from Peter. Verse 3 to 4, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Notice that Peter doesn't sweep suffering under the carpet. He acknowledges that we suffer grief in all kinds of trials, and he expands on this in verse 7. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Peter recognises that the faith of his readers is being tested now, but soon it will prove itself purer and more precious than gold. Verse 
Faith is greater than gold. God highly esteems our faith. It is precious to him. Fire does not destroy gold. It purifies it. And in the same way, trials can purify our faith. Faith testing times can be faith strengthening times. God is in the business of working our lives to make us more like Jesus. Enduring various kinds of trials can help us to learn and grow, to become more like Jesus. Every problem that we face is an opportunity to develop Christ-like character. An opportunity to respond to problems as Jesus would. Character is built in the circumstances of life. Character development always involves a choice. When we make the right choice, we become more like Christ. Whenever we choose to respond to a problem in God's way, we develop Christ-like character. Peter's message, however, is full of hope. A life-giving hope. A living hope that never dies. Peter says to his readers, if God's able to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, then he can certainly bring us through whatever situation we may face. Furthermore, whatever difficulties we're going through right now, it's never the end of the story. As God's children, we have the promise, not only of eternal life, but also a heavenly inheritance better than anything that this world has to offer us. Peter says in verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. And in verse 8, Peter speaks of being filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of, of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The joy is so deep and so wonderful that we cannot even express it. Words fail us. Joy unspeakable. Life is not easy. But this hope will get us through it. This is well illustrated in the life of Romanian pastor Richard Vanbrand. Stephen Dawson, who goes to the 10.30 sometimes here, I believe, he, he showed me his works through Alpha. Richard Van Brand spent 14 years in prison for teaching the gospel. He endured months of solitary confinement, years of periodic physical torture, and constant suffering from hunger and cold. Astonishingly, he wrote, alone in my cell, cold, hungry, and in rags, I danced for joy every night. Sometimes I was so full of joy, I felt I'd burst if I did not give it expression. Baron Brandt, like Peter 
and the apostles knew that this life is not all there is. He saw life from an eternal perspective. Heaven waits, a place where there'll be no more pain and no more tears and no more struggles, a place full of unspeakable joy. And he knew that we can experience joy right now, today, whatever the circumstances. God gives us joy, a joy that goes deep down within us. Joy is knowing that God is in control of all the details of our lives. It's that quiet confidence that everything's going to be all right. As joy is a deep satisfaction in God, knowing that he is enough for anything and everything that life might throw at us. In John 15, 15, Jesus, wanting to share his joy with his disciples, prayed that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Mother Teresa wrote, keep the joy of Jesus as your strength. How do we deal with troubled times in our lives? Number one, we are obedient to God in all circumstances. Number two, we trust God wholeheartedly. Number three, we keep in mind our hope for the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you give us forgiveness for our past. You give us purpose for the present. And you give us a hope for the future. In all circumstances, help us to be obedient to you. Help us to trust you wholeheartedly and help us to keep the joy of Jesus as our strength as we remember our hope for the future and the joy that we can experience in you right now, whatever the circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Just to remind you that if God is speaking to you tonight and you feel you want to take it one step further, if there's something that you've left unsettled and unresolved, but he's prompting you to just come and meet